My name is Dean Proctor, and welcome to today's episode of the What Is This? podcast. In late 2019, I came into possession of several thousand 45 RPM records from the 1950s to 1980s. In excitedly pulling them from the boxes to examine them, and having been a music fan for my whole life, many of these artists and their records were familiar to me. At other times, though, I found myself, after putting one on a record player, asking, what is this? This podcast, focusing on rare records and odd audio from my own collection, complete with their pops, crackles, and Q-burn intact, is an attempt to answer that question. What is this? ever heard that song before. It's one from my 45s collection that is a springboard into this episode of the What Is This podcast. It's a late 1962 release, and it's called Hey But A Hey, and it's uh, by an artist identified simply as T and T. Now, as I dug in and tried to find out who T and T were and where this song came from, I quickly learned that to understand more about the song, we had to understand more about the label it was on first, and that label is Warner Brothers Records. This is our 11th podcast episode, and we're going to spend today examining Warner Brothers Records in the decade between 1957 and 1967, just as a means of understanding better the existing musical and business culture behind records like, well, the one we just heard. Tab Hunter was signed to Warner Brothers as an actor, and in fact, he was their most popular movie star between 1955 and 1959. And since Warner's didn't have a recording arm, Hunter had gone ahead and signed a recording contract with Dot Records, with whom he would have a major hit in 1957 with the song Young Love. Dot Records, by the way, was owned by Paramount Pictures, a chief rival to Warner's. And so there's the first problem. Beginning that year, interviewers would routinely ask about Tab Hunter's latest hit song rather than his latest Warner Brothers film. Songs like this one from 1957. So in an effort to centralize the money-making potential of their contracted actors, like Tab Hunter, in 1958, Warner Brothers re-entered the record business with Warner Brothers Records. And from then on, all future Tab Hunter records would be released on the newly formed Warner Brothers Records, and that included this one from September of 1958.
Recordings from other Warner Brothers contracted actors, like Dragnet's Jack Webb and actor William Holden, soon followed. And for more on the relative success of a strategy like that one, I'd encourage you to check out episode two of this podcast, called If You Can Act, You Must Be Able to Sing, Right? Well, that said, the company's first hit record, which reached number four nationally, was by one of their actors. Two of their actors, in fact, including one from Warner Brothers' TV show 77 Sunset Strip. That actor was Ed Cookie Burns. And along with Connie Stevens, they recorded a novelty song called Cookie Cookie Lend Me Your Comb. Yeah, not exactly music that was destined to win a Grammy anytime soon. By 1960, and with only two hits to its credit in two years, Warner Brothers Records label was in serious financial trouble. Label management took an enormous gamble at this point, and they purposely moved into the more lucrative mainstream rock and roll market by signing the Everly Brothers once their contract had ended with Cadence Records. It was reputed to be the first million-dollar contract in music history. And, luckily for Warner Management, the Everly's first Warner Brothers single was a smash. Kathy's Clown, a number one song in the U.S. that was followed by a string of other hits like these. those on the Warner Brothers Records label, and things were definitely looking up for the company. Thanks to Phil and Don Everly, comedians Bob Newhart, Alan Sherman, folk stars like Peter, Paul, and Mary, How many times must the cannonballs fly before they're forever banned? The answer, my friend, is blowing And jazz and pop crossover artist Joni Summers. What do you talk about when the boys get together? Do you tell them you love? Well, Warner Brothers Records ended the financial year of 1961-1962 in the black for the very first time since it was founded. And despite that positive position, 
1962 seems to be the year, however, that Warner Brothers Records set out to snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. They hadn't stopped trying to introduce their existing contracted actors into the music business, and 1962 had some real winners. That included the guy that dared you to knock the battery off his shoulder back in the 70s, Robert Conrad. Well, how many tears did they cry for you? actor Paul Hampton. If you don't want me now, you can't have me later. You said to wait, but I have waited for all I can. And yes, these were only a couple of the 1962 Warner Brothers releases that would make most listeners ask, what is this? But by the end of 1962, Warner Brothers Records was hemorrhaging money. By one accounting, 79 singles had been released that year, not to mention the albums that were also produced. And the song that capped off that underwhelming year for Warners was this one. But a Hey by TNT is possibly the A-side of this release, although I did find an article in the January 1963 Cashbox uh, issue that suggested actually the other side, a song called Perfectly Proportioned, was the A-side. That's about how much investment and hope Warner Brothers Records seemed to have in that release. Play whatever side you want, we'll go from there. And yet, despite all of this, there was at least one bright spot in their catalog that year from a group known as the Cascades. Listen to the rhythm of the falling rain Telling me just what a fool I've been I wish that it would go and let me cry in vain And let me be alone again The only girl I care about is gone but basically, things continued to be bleak at Warner Brothers, both musically and financially, when Warners made a rescue takeover of another record company, Frank Sinatra's Reprise Records. As part of the deal, they wanted to acquire Sinatra as a recording artist and as an actor for Warner Brothers Pictures. It was a risky move at a perilous financial time, but it did end up paying huge dividends. For its part, Warner Reprise flourished in the 1960s, thanks in part to songs like this from Sonny and Cher. Frank Sinatra's own famous comeback with songs like this one. 
And the one recorded with his daughter, Nancy. I know I stand in line until you think you have the time to spend an evening with me. And if we go someplace to dance, I know that there's a chance you won't be leaving with me. And afterwards we drop into a quiet little place and have a drink or two. And then I go and spoil it all by saying something stupid like I love both of those were on the Warner Reprise label. And Warner also benefited greatly in the mid-60s from another artist who had a number one hit for their label. Her name was Petula Clark. When you're alone and life is making you lonely, you can always go downtown. When you've got worries, all the noise and the hurry seems to help, I know. Downtown, just listen to the And so we cap off a tumultuous decade at Warner Brothers Records in 1967 when they added the hit-making harmony pop group The Association, who had a string of hits, including this one that year, to look back in hindsight and to see the vast difference between music as an art form and music as an industry. Once upon a time, Warner Brothers Pictures declared that they existed to, quote, educate, enlighten, and entertain. Well, that decade between 1957 and 1967 for Warner Brothers Records was much different from that. The era was different, the industry was different, and the culture was different. And yet, despite the filler and assembly line attitude towards the music, they still managed to put out some outstanding records during that time. What Is This is a podcast focusing on rare records and odd audio from my own collection of 45 RPM records. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider sharing it with your own social media circles and encouraging others to subscribe. If you have any questions or comments about today's episode, or any episode for that matter, email me at deanproctor at gmail.com. That's Dean with an E. And until next time, thanks for listening.